Well, good day and welcome to Retizio's Unlock E-Commerce podcast. This is the show where we explore the latest trends in tech and the fast-moving world of e-commerce. In this interview-style podcast, we ask the important questions to digital commerce practitioners and retail leaders to help you gain traction and sell more online. Today, we are pleased to have Tony Moores as our guest. Thanks for joining us, Tony. I'll give you a little bit of introduction here. Tony is a veteran digital commerce practitioner who has been developing software teaching and consulting for more than 20 years. He has a long track record of leading retailers and brands in e-commerce software tech implementations that enable them to operate online more efficiently, reduce risk, and grow their businesses. In our conversation today, we are going to discuss the state of digital commerce right now and look at which technologies will be most impactful both today and, in the, and maybe in the future. Well, Tony, thanks for joining us. I have some questions here for you that I'm going to feed to you and, and we'll just see where the conversation takes us. Cool. Thanks for Start, having me. Absolutely. Starting off, so being in the retail tech space for such a long time, what is your what is your ideal scenario for a retailer or brand from a tech perspective? Say if you were the you were the boss there. Oh gosh, that that's kind of tough because there's so many different, you know, so many different retailers doing, you know, a wide variety of things. Like so, for example, um, there are retailers out there with, you know, a very narrow and selective assortment, and you know, those folks really want to make sure supply chain and fulfillment and 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 their ability online to actually communicate that stuff is, is extremely important. But then again, for other retailers who, you know, are, you know, like a more of a big box thing where there's a wide assortment and their customers can kind of get their product, not just from them, but from anywhere else. These guys, you know, really want to look at technologies that are going to be, you know, make them very, very efficient so they can meet the price points. And then, you know, if you're in in the fashion area where things turn over so quickly, you know, trends change, styles change, people's, you know, seasons change, I think you're looking at technologies that that really kind of speak to business agility. So it, it's <laughs> it's a spectrum and it kind of depends where you are on the spectrum whether, you know, it's going to be you know, operations or financials or or something else that are that that should drive the the technical decision. But I'm but I'm glad you asked because that's like, you know, a lot of folks just jump right into technology, and you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> the technology should be driven by you know by the business and not the other way around. Yeah, yeah. Well, along those same lines. In your in your view, there's a lot of different types of technologies out there. A lot of AI and ML words being flashed around, and tech words that nobody really, or at least the average person, doesn't know what they mean. What what types of tech are you seeing right now that are most important in your view in digital commerce? And for example, we see a lot of companies and business and out in in social world referring to tech like terms like mock, composable, reactive, headless. What? How do you help us? Can you help us get a a sense of, of what all these things mean and what they mean to a, to a retailer or a brand or a, even an e-commerce practitioner from or something. Yeah, good question, right? Because because there's a lot of terms and buzzwords in the markets. You know, some of them get picked up 
by big groups. Other of them are others are are somewhat obscure, and the worst ones are the ones that actually mean something else. And you know, in the English language, and you don't know what the heck they mean with respect to e-commerce. And some of them have double double meanings in different places. You know, so yeah, confusing like, and murky, and it's hard for people to understand what what you know how they how these things can help them. <laughs> sure, sure. So so there's a, there's a couple of terms you mentioned, right? Like one of one of the terms you mentioned, I think, was composable and headless, right? So you know. Com- if you're, you know, if you remember your your ninth grade math, right? You know, they you might have learned about compositions of functions. So, so composable really means, you know, something bigger, like a system made out of components. And in a way, you know, everything's composable to a degree. You know, when I was nine the rubik's cube and the screwdriver and whatever i mean made it composable even though it wasn't meant to be <laughs> it was the only way i ever solved it but same, same here but you can do the same thing with with you know e-commerce platform or or any enterprise system for that matter so composability is you know something a lot of the analysts are talking about it's it really comes from gardner in particular it talks a lot about composable gardner does yeah they yeah, gardner that's yeah they they do quite a bit, but here's what it comes down to, right? There's always been this this build versus buy discussion, right? Do you build something yourself, or do you buy something off the shelf? Right. And somewhere on the buy side of that, there's the sweet versus the best of breed, right? So you know, do I get all of my components from you know one provider, right? I mean, look at Salesforce, right? They they make you know, CRM, commerce, all sorts of stuff, right? So, you know, if you're going to go for like the big ticket item and the suite and you hope all these things are integrated, you get the sort of the ease of having that all come together. It was pre-composed by a single vendor with a vision. Mm -hmm. But if you zoom in on any one of those parts, maybe you don't like this part or maybe it's not the best of breed right it's not the best in the industry maybe you like one vendor's e-commerce and another vendor's oms and another vendor's crm or you can zoom in on those right just look at commerce maybe you like one vendor's you know one vendor's promotions another vendor's catalog you know composable is really about the ability to switch those and it gets a lot of it, it gets a lot of talk along with one of those other terms you mentioned, headless, right? So you know when you think about it, headless means you know no head or no client or no requirement to interact with the user in a particular way, right? It means that you, as the consumer, in this case of a of any cover system, get to choose the interaction model, get to choose the technology. And when you couple that with headless, right, you can have three or four different systems from best of breed players, or maybe not best of breed players, but best for you players, because that's really how you should make your selection decision. And then stitch them together via APIs and, and maybe some front end technology. So headless is important part of composable it's, it's that you know, it's they go hand in hand and of course they often show up in the same company as another term you mentioned mock right so 
So Mock is actually a, uh, an alliance of, of vendors. Tools is the, the biggest flag waiver of, of Mock. And, and Mock actually is a word. I, well, I guess it does appear in the Air Force, right? It's how many increments uh, of speed of sound you're at, right? Speed, but, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, Mach 5 is five times the speed <laughs> of sound, right? Yeah, but yeah. It, it stands for something. It's it's microservice, API first, which, again, we can drill into that. That often kind of goes hand in hand with headless. In fact, the H in Mach stands for headless. Yeah. And the C, it stands for cloud native. Okay. Uh, and 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 again, those things might mean something to you or not. The the other term you threw out there, which is a little bit harder to define because you don't see it in literature that much, is reactive commerce. And you know that's what my company specializes in is reactive commerce. And yeah. reactive commerce is essentially commerce as it applies to the reactive manifesto, which you know we can we can talk about. Today or another another show as people yeah, yeah. are and all those that things lend themselves though to to the, going back to what you mentioned first the business agility part like which one is gonna these are gonna allow you to be more agile in your business like from say Salesforce or say doing it your this way where you're <laughs> you know that that's that's the best question you can ask because okay. I gotta I mean you're putting me in a tough position, right? Because I'm an, I'm a technologist and I spend a lot of my time telling people, you know, why this technology is better than this in, in this situation, but none of these things directly make the business more agile. In fact, some of them can even slow them down. So, so for example, how fast you change your selection, if you're a fashion retailer, right? Business agility is, is you know, how quickly can you change out the selection online, right. right? And that might have more to do with tooling than architecture. Gotcha. Now, of course, if you're in a, look, buying apparel is buying apparel all the time, any of the way you cut it, right? So the the operations might not change all that much, right? But, but the selection, the prices, the seasons, you know, what your customers are after, that that might. Sure. So in this case, that kind of case, business agility, kind of not, kind of not an architecture thing, but for folks who are, who are trying to captivate their audience, who they're growing their business, not by managing their product selection, but by managing their experience, right? Then, then headless, for example, is a good example of, yes, that can make them more agile because it allows them to change their customer experience faster than something else might, yeah. right? So, but not, but not everybody needs to do that, right? So it kind of goes back to your first question, right? It, it kind of depends what's the business driver, how do you find agility in, in you know, the, the, these, these things that you mentioned, you know, aren't mutually exclusive. You can be composable and reactive and headless all at the same time. And you can be those things, you know, whether you're mock compliant or not. Still not agile. Say again? Still not agile. Well, <laughs> what do you, what do you mean by <laughs> agile, right? <laughs> um, all right, here we go again. No worries. Yeah. All right. Well, that sounds, I mean, very interesting. And, you know, there's a lot of these words being bandied about, but 
what do you think, just from your perspective, where, where, where are we headed? I mean, how do all these things play out in the next few years? And do you see anything that's changing? That sort of thing. What should what should the person who's leading a retailer, for example, or brand, be thinking about and and preparing for in relation to some of these new techs that are available? Yeah, I mean, look from a from a best practice point of view, you know the that never changes, right? You need you you know your best practice should be being business driven, right? Where What's your growth opportunity? What's your plan to grow the business or, or maintain it, right? Or or optimize its margin, right? Whatever it happens to be. And then and then look for the technology that is going to assist best with that. Right. So for example, you know, there is a lot of or there historically has been, you know, huge marketing teams, managing campaigns, managing, you know, personalization, you know, rules and, and things like that. You know, the digital equivalent to, you know, designing an end cap in a, in a, in a store. Right. So for people with big assortments who are, you know, dealing with commodables, right, where price is the biggest differentiator, Right. Mm -hmm. For for them, the future is automation, right? So you're talking about AI and ML. How do I more quickly characterize both my products and services, my clients, and how do I pair them, you know, as quick as quick as possible, right? So it's identify and classify, and that sits squarely in the you know, the machine learning and artificial intelligence domain. However, you know, for for folks with who are not necessarily in a business where they're competing for price, right? They're competing more for experience or convenience or or, or something of that nature, then it kind of branches out quite a bit, right? For the bigger players, things like composability moves moves forward. There's also a tooling. Right, making you know, lo looking for optimizations again. That could be AI ML assisted as well to make tooling faster, right? So there are less actually hands-on dials. Yeah, you know, making making the business more efficient. But then there 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 are lots of other areas, right? Um, you know, we've been doing things, we've been doing things kind of the same way for a, for a long time, right? I mean, you know, we've we've gone back and forth between client and server models we've gone you know back and forth with n-tier architectures and you know big and small and 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 back and forth you know but at the end of the day each each e-tailer has their own database of your personal information right so i think at least here in america with the slight exception of california i think you know We'll uh, we'll trade our privacy away for convenience all day long, but things like you know applications where you know people start using blockchain to move um, your personal information out of these hundreds and thousands of databases held by every vendor on the planet yeah. uh, into you know a small group of places you trust where they're you know signed and managed by you and not by you mm -hmm. know some other guy. 
What about risk? As far as like some of these technologies that we're talking about, how does that relate to risk? And like, how can they, you know, take advantage of that from that perspective? I, I think there are a few retailers this year that had trouble on Black Friday, for example, that sort of thing. Is there anything you could say briefly just about? Oh, sure. In relation to risk and how there, problems? Yeah, there, there's that pyramid. There, there's a pyramid of risk, right? So if you're an e-tailer or anybody who does digital commerce, right? You know, your biggest risk is not being there for your customers to serve your customers, right? So things like outages and then, you know, you can be running, but flooded or throttled. In other words, you're not scaled to handle, you, you know, your business is too good. You have more than, so that those are the kinds of things in the, in the top layer and being cloud native, being reactive, you know, being elastic, right? Those things mitigate those kinds of risks. Mm -hmm. You know, as you go down, right? The next thing kind of comes down to operational, right? Maybe, maybe you know, you take care of the tip of your, your iceberg there by making sure it's always available and it's always elastic, but maybe you're doing that because you know there are hundreds of people running around turning dials and pulling pulling levers right so that's when you start getting to you know risks of 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 margin right where you're you're paying a lot of people or you're or you're turning to technology and, and then paying for suites or people to configure those suites to do those things in a in an automatic way right so there's, there's risks in that category that can be again managed by selecting the right the right technology and then then using it the right and and you know you probably shouldn't be worried about that if you got problems at, at the top of the pyramid and then below that <laughs> there there are additional risks which you know which fall into the i told you so or i'm too late category right so if if, if you're trying to grow a business that needs to be just in time then your your ability to receive signals quickly, identify what those signals are trying to tell you, right? And and then react to them, right? So it's a combination of sort of, of like big data and, and, and MI, right? My, my chemistry advisor in, in college was fond of saying, you know, the, the difference between data and knowledge is, is compression. Right. So here's a bunch of events, but this is what you can infer when you see events like this. Yeah. And then, of course, there are a whole bunch of risks that have nothing to do with the technology and everything to do with the business. Right. I mean, if you've got supply <laughs> chain problems, right, what your e-commerce system is doing probably doesn't matter all that much right now. True. All right. Well, that being said, what? So there are for people in the audience that are thinking about maybe changing up their tech stack or replatforming from an e-commerce perspective. What's your advice to them to maybe kick, get things started or continue some of the research they've been doing? Where where should they go? Um, don't to, don't be captivated by the snake and the snake charmer, right? That's well, that's, that, that's the problem with with starting with technology right because it's very interesting it's a big well if if you're like me it's very interesting but you can spend a lot of time thinking about and talking about something that ultimately might not matter right so my advice is one be be business driven two make sure you know what you know and what you don't know 
and fill the what you don't know with by surrounding yourself with good trusted partners right not not necessarily consultants who are coming in consultants are fine as long as these consultants know your business know your industry know your situation and know your opportunity because you know um look computers and machines designed to do nothing but what you tell them to do so it's very important that you tell them to do the right thing and it, it, it's the same way with picking technology i love how you make the, the uh, simple analogy something so deep and so technical to us to a smaller something that's easier to digest <laughs> so we appreciate us layman practice people in the audience appreciate that cool. well i think we're i think we're good thank you for joining us well let's continue the conversation and in future podcasts and take a deeper dive on reactive technology because that seems to be super hot right now and we could tell you tell the audience more about how it could potentially help them and and prevent risk like we talked about from a deeper level and and get more into the weeds for those who who, who want to go there. So thank Thanks. you Tom, for being on the podcast. We really appreciate you being here. Thank, so it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And I'd be excited to come back and, and talk a little bit more about reactive commerce and awesome. how it's how it's built. We'll do it soon. Thank you listeners for joining us today and, and for your support of the Unlock e-commerce podcast. In the meantime, be sure to check out Vertizio.com for more resources and solutions to help you unlock e-commerce for your business. Thank you.